You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast, our WrestleMania 34 review. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the most anticipated WrestleMania in living memory is in the books, and my, my, wasn't it a tale of two halves? It's like watching a Newcastle United match. I am joined, as always, by Garth. How are you, my friend? Good. I'm tired, but I'm good, and I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, well, me and you... Took very very different approaches in watching this show, didn't we? You uh, yeah. you went to bed very early and arose very early to watch yeah. it this morning. I took the opposite approach and watched it from ten o'clock last night, which when the pre-show started, up to half past four, which was just before Brock Lesnar came out. And honestly, my bed is approximately six meters from where we are recording this podcast now, and I struggled to get that far. <laughs> to get onto the floor to turn off my computer at the plug, I genuinely thought, I'm not getting back up here. I'm really going to struggle. Um, but we're going to get into it straight away um, because there's a lot to dissect. There's a lot to get into. Obviously, we need to give our thoughts overall on the show and the fact that um, we now have the youngest WWE champion. in the- oh, Well, Christ. you know. The one to hold a title, should I say. We'll get into it, though. We'll get into it. We'll start with the pre-show. Um, just quickly, it was a two-hour pre-show, Garth. Two-hour yeah. pre-show. And altogether, all three pre-show matches lasted just over half an hour. Really? And that is including two battle royales. Jesus. Now, for me, that's bullshit. Well, it's okay? just... Trying to give you as little as possible, isn't it? Exactly. When you have got just a recap of every single match, and then you've got the video packages on top of that, and then you've just got David Otunga talking, which, to be fair, I hate David Otunga talking. He is a boring, boring man. (laughs) He just wears really jazzy suits. Um, You know, Booker T's fairly entertaining. (laughs) Yeah, He's fairly entertaining, though. I don't mind listening to him, but to just hear, like... There was the conversation, and we will get into the matches shortly, but there was a conversation when they were talking about the Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon, Kevin Owens, and Sami Zayn match. And I cannot remember who said it. I should have written it down, but it wound me up. It really did wind me up (laughs) because they said, you cannot discount Shane McMahon from this match. Why? He's not a professional wrestler. Okay. (laughs) If anything, he is the weak link in this match. Okay. Shane, you are not a professional wrestler. Okay, he was sweating buckets just getting to the ring. I mean, don't get me wrong, he is in far better physical shape than me. But And to be fair, he was pretty ill quite recently. Yeah, he has been ill. And to do everything that he has done with a hernia and whatever stomach-related issues he had, fair play. Fair play to him, but... He's not a wrestler. His punches are stupid. Stop getting yourself in WrestleMania matches. And um, who who was that guy that had reporting it in the crowd? Uh, Sam Roberts. Is that who it was? Yeah, the, the person who was saying about Rusev Day. Who had like the 
the suit on and the bow tie and everything. Oh, and the like fro. The yeah, that's Sam Roberts. Fuck me, he was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> he just kept. Yes. He just kept sort of like, like just forgetting where he was. Sometimes. Just, uh, uh, uh. Yes, yes, he did. And, the, and, the, and then those bits where they kept cutting to Cena. Oh, they were the most awkward things. That woman next to him couldn't have been less interested if she tried. Well, yeah, pretty much. But I must admit, it was good fun. I did enjoy that. I did enjoy it. You had to keep hiding that beer he was drinking. (laughs) Yeah, it was amazing. And then there was just one bit where it was just like, fuck it, in for a penny, in for a pound, just downed a bit of it. Brilliant. He's just like slightly putting it in between his legs. (laughs) Brilliant. brilliant. Um, So we'll start with the Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Um, 30 men 30 men took part in this battle royale and every single one of them was in the ring when they cut to it yeah, no frills, nothing and just pandemonium absolute not, pandemonium not one of my not <laughs> one of your predictions predi- yeah I think I won predictions um, this time but it was a hollow victory because neither of your predictions were in uh, who did you say? Drew McIntyre or Samojo Samoa Joe, yes. They weren't in, and I absolutely smashed it. And then when the match started, like I said, like when the match started to be so I was like, right, they're not in. I was like, right, Ziggler's winning this. <laughs> well, to be fair, they yeah. built Ziggler quite well during this because Ziggler almost got eliminated four or five times. He was doing like the Michaels thing, wasn't he? He was, he was yeah, thing. he was. Now, we're not going to give you a beat-by-beat, ladies and gentlemen, because that's just pointless. There was a couple of nice spots. <laughs> Exactly, we couldn't. It just the action was too fast. Um, there was a lovely moment when Mojo uh, eliminated Zat Ryder when Zat Ryder was going yeah, for the uh, Broski kick in the corner, and then just Mojo just clattered into him. That was quite fun. Um, Goldust dabbing, Goldust doing the tandem shattered dreams on Dolph Ziggler uh, and I like um, the, Ty Dillinger. I like the Gold Goldust had his tribute to Dusty. Yes, love that. Absolutely, and the bit where um, Matt Hardy. Was hit um, Goldust off every level of the corner. Yes. <laughs> delete, 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 yeah. delete. It's brilliant. I loved the, the little interchange cor- between Matt and Ty Dillinger when yes. they bumped into each other. Matt Hardy just turned around and went, "Who are you? Who are you?" <laughs> and there was just delete ten, delete. That was that was good. And, um, um, was it Mike, Michael Cole who mentioned he's like, um, "I know it was Gr because Gr of all the matches he got a call was this." I know this absolute. Car crash of a but, match. But um, he said, uh, "Was it?" He said, uh, "Rhino is now officially classed as a super heavyweight." <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, rub, rub it in. Um, but yeah, there was your usual line of mid carders in this. You had Ty Dillinger, you had Breezango, Mike Kanellis was in there briefly. Kane, Shelton Benjamin, basically the SmackDown and Raw tag division were in you there. Had Gallows getting eliminated by Titus O'Neil. I mean, yeah, how far Titus O'Neil was. Made to look extremely strong, stronger than yeah. Apollo. Just uh, have a think about that. Gold Dust eliminated our yeah. truth. Um, Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson um, were eliminated, but not before the cameras picked Scott Dawson up, saying shit as yeah. he tried to make as he tried to save Dash Wilder from being eliminated, <laughs> which was quite funny. Um, one thing I will say, and this was a running thing throughout the pre-show, and it really, really pissed me off, especially in the cruiserweight match, where they would have the promos for matches coming up at WrestleMania, like frame in frame. So all the sound went from the match you were trying to watch, and it was especially noticeable in the women's battle royale, and I will get into that. Um, 
and then you'd have the promo, which we'd already seen, okay, because they'd already gone over it. It was just it was just boggling. And then that yeah. terrible, terrible page introduction for her film. The film was really good. The film looks okay. But her That's introduction it. was so awkward and that beat before she says anything, it was that, like um, that video of her where it's right in her face. Yeah. It's just that that's to me that's a um that's a poster for don't do drugs. Yeah, it is. She she looked whacked off her face. She did. She didn't look she, it was not her most flattering angle. Um and just I look like it's like the rock's gonna be the main headline, isn't that on that film, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, we got down to the final three, which was Baron Corbin, uh, Mojo Rawley and Matt Hardy. Uh, Baron Corbin, of course, and Mojo Rawley looking to be two-time winners of the Andre the Battle Royale because, obviously, it furthered their careers the first time. Uh, lights go down. You know, you had the Wyatt family little thing come up and Bray Wyatt was in the ring. And that is the biggest pop Bray Wyatt has got since he won the title at Elimination I to- Chamber. I-, I totally popped for that. I popped massive for that. Um, obviously, then with Bray's help, Matt eliminates um, Mojo. Baron Corbin hits end of days on Bray, but then Matt Hardy eliminates Baron Corbin to win the Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy. Matt and Bray embrace huge pop from the crowd, mm-hmm. and the two pose before Matt goes and celebrates with the trophy. If this is the start of a team between Bray Wyatt and Matt Hardy, I'm all for it. Yeah, all for it. Good. I didn't like how the um the cut straight after the match finished, so you didn't even get to see any of the sort of interchange at the after the game after the match. No, absolutely not. We um, cut straight to this stupid Carmella thing. Yeah. Um. Next, we had the tournament final for the vacant WWE Cruiserweight Championship, and that was between Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. Now, this threatened, and I did say this in the preview, that this did threaten to be match of the night. I said it had the potential to be match of the night, and for anyone that is watching 205 Live at the moment, you will see that, you know, they are putting on absolutely stellar, stellar matches repeatedly. I thought this, and I don't know whether it was because the crowd was very flat, or if it was because they were given 12 minutes, which is nothing, um, or whether it was just because it was a slow-paced match, but it didn't Hit. It was a good match, but that's all it was. Yeah, it was, it was just I mean, it, a good was, match. It was all right, and I, I got sick of them saying, "Where's your heart? Where's your soul?" It was else. fun. It was. It was good. It was a good storyline for the first time they did it. That that first bit where they faced mm-hmm. off because obviously they're very good friends. They embraced beforehand. It started as friendly competition, but like we both said that it was going to be better than Aries versus Neville. At 33, and I genuinely don't think it was. I don't think it was. No, I think Aries versus Neville was a better match. Now, um, Mustafa Ali was thrown to the outside. I've got at yeah, one point. That was, pretty, that was pretty horrible. Yeah, it was very horrible. Took a very very sick bump. Um, but then there was obviously this dialogue between the two of them, which was pivotal to the match. Now, mm-hmm. what I was led to believe, is that Cedric Alexander didn't want to win the title by having Mustafa Ali counted out he wanted to win it fairly, giving Mustafa Ali a chance, you know, because they were best friends. I had to guess that because they had another fucking promo 
over the top of it for the Ronda Rousey match. It's like, I've just seen this. Because I was sitting there while this happened, I thought, what happens if a match ends? Obviously, they're going to get told. The ref will tell them when they finish the the match, but what happens if something happens in between that? And you just think, well, you just fucked it. (laughs) Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I did like um, I did like Ali's uh, Iron Man outfit. Yes, the Winter Soldier. We, I, we, cool. I was live tweeting for a bit of it and uh, just said, is it Mustafa Ali or is it the Winter Soldier? Yeah, um, cool. there, I, I'd give it 8 out of 10. I'd say it was probably one of the best entrance attires. And yeah. I will say that a lot of the superstars pulled out the stops for the entrance attires. Oh, yeah. Um, Shinsuke especially. His entrance was just fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. Um, but Mustafa Ali bought out the, what does he call it? Is it the 054? 054, yeah. The 054, um, which is an absolutely amazing move. Cedric Alexander manages to get his foot onto the ropes. Mustafa Ali goes for another one, misses it. Cedric Alexander picks him up for the lumbar check, pins him. New champion. The thing I don't get about that move, and I've seen it a few times at 054, they're always too close to the rope. They always seem really, because he pulls them yeah. right close to the corner. I mean, he's got to really to execute the move. Yeah. The move. Oh yeah, yeah. but um, um, yeah, it, it was. was a, I mean, it was, it was an alright match. It was. It was yeah. It was serviceable. Yeah. And unfortunately, but, that's not the first time you will hit. That's not the last time. Sorry, you'll hear me use that word for uh-huh. a couple of these matches. Um, but yeah, Cedric Alexander. I think he's the right person to win. Um, I think Mustafa Ali has got a very, very bright future in front of him yeah. in the cruiserweight division. And if, you know, one day they do merge the Cruiserweight division with the main roster, which I think they should anyway, mm-hmm. um, I think he's got a very bright future there as well as a possible United States champion. As long as he learns to sell. Some of his yes. selling was shocking. Yes, it was. This is, a run, this is, a, this is going to be me running theme tonight. What, the terrible selling? No, like, selling overall was all right. It was just certain people seem to... Forget. Forget. <laughs> <laughs> well, next, Garth, I don't know if you know, but this was quite a historic match. Now... Yeah, they mentioned it a couple of times. Yeah, I think they mentioned it once or twice. And if you don't know, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it was the historic first historic 20-woman historic battle royale uh, for the WrestleMania Women's historic battle royale trophy that, I'm sorry, it's a uterus. You look at that trophy and you look at the eventual winner, Naomi, standing by that trophy, it is a uterus. You can say what you want. You, you're you telling me, right, that you can't find a trophy that doesn't look like the female reproductive organ. Is that what you're telling me? I'm sorry, it's ridiculous. It really is. It's the worst, it's the tackiest looking trophy as well. It looks well cheap. It, it, did. it looks like, like a really shit sort of Sunday League football trophy. It does. I'm sorry if I got man of the match in a football match, which didn't happen very often, and I got given that, I'd give it back. I don't <laughs> want this. What the hell is that? <laughs> what I found really funny as well is only three people, was it three or four people got entrances? Oh, right. The rest yes. Were, this rest we will like, talk about. Fuck off down the ring. <laughs> yeah. So it was introduced. You've got Beth Phoenix on commentary along with Paige. Uh, I thought Paige did a great job on commentary, as did Beth Phoenix. Um, so Lillian Garcia is then in the ring uh, going through the rules. She introduces Becky Lynch, who comes down to the ring, looks fantastic. Yep. And I was like, oh, okay, we're going to get some entrances. It's going to be like a Royal Rumble. Um, no, 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 no. Then the other 17 women came down in one massive, massive block. Absent from that block 
were Bailey and Sasha Banks. But in that block were a lot of NXT call-ups. You got yeah. Peyton Royce, you got Kyrie Sane, Dakota Kai, you got Bianca Belair with her braid. Thought she was fantastic. Yeah. Um, Kavita Devi, um, who was part of the um, Mae Young Classic. Uh, Tainara Conti. So you got quite a few NXT call-ups there. And then you, you got the had, usual women as well. You also had quite a few um, rivals who were just walking down to the ring with yeah. each other. Peyton Royce <laughs> has been in a feud with Ruby Riot. None of that was mentioned. Peyton Royce no. has been in a feud with Kyrie Sane. Nothing <laughs> mentioned. And I understand that, you know, for some strange reason, WWE only treat NXT as canon when it suits them, and clearly yeah. this didn't suit them. Um, but then just have them in the ring. I know, I know. Ridiculous. Anyway, so then, once that massive amalgamation of people has got into the ring, we then had Bailey enter, because she's special enough to have her own entrance. Um, she comes down, she's got the cool jacket on, and we cut to an advert <laughs> for WrestleMania, which we are currently watching. Yeah. So we had the advert, we cut back, the Battle Royale has started, we have completely missed Sasha Banks's entrance, completely missed it. So she's now in the ring, um, Carmella has been eliminated, I missed yeah. that, she got eliminated straight away, that is the end of her WrestleMania. Yeah. And I'm sorry, why she hasn't cashed in yet, I don't know. She's running out of time. I know. It's got to be, she's got to do it tonight. Do you think? On Raw? No, it's... I mean, yeah. she's... I think it's... The only way I can see it happening is if Nia Jax gets the hiding of a lifetime from Bliss and James. Mm. That is the only way I can see it happening. Yeah. But she was eliminated straight away anyway. We'll get into this when we go into the women's matches later. Um, Dana Brooke was eliminated straight away. And then you sort of had the NXT call-ups teaming up against cool, the main yeah. roster, which was fantastic. Yeah, really, really good. The only thing I'm worried, uh, wondering about sorry, is Peyton Royce was in there, but there was no Billy Kay. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping beyond hope... She's that, getting called up. I hope they both get called up together as the iconic duo because if they split them up that's the most pointless thing ever the whole gimmick is the iconic duo um anyway you had your usual runs of eliminations of people that didn't really matter dakota kai had a really good showing you also had again like the women's royal rumble people rolling out of the bloody ring yes that made it extremely difficult to follow just annoys the piss out of me well i didn't realize (laughs) becky lynch had been eliminated When yeah. did she get eliminated? She was lying on the floor with Naomi. Naomi. Yeah. And um, the commentary team said, oh, don't worry, they got thrown through the middle ropes, I think they said. And Becky Lynch just never came back. No. I was like, oh, okay. Fair enough. Though there was quite a nice point where Becky Lynch turned to Kavita Devi, who was in um, orange gear, and oh, Becky yeah. Lynch said, how dare you wear orange? That's my yeah. thing, which was I thought was quite funny. Um Bianca Belair, let's talk about Bianca Belair for a moment. I thought she was fantastic. She's the one with the huge braid. She's currently yeah, engaged to Montez Ford, I believe, of the Street Profits. Um, she whips the braid and it makes horrible, sickening noise, which true was really I, good. It's what um, Corey Graves said, though. He's like, isn't that illegal? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, isn't, <laughs> isn't that a weapon? A weapon? Yeah. And then Beth Phoenix really built it up, said that's the most ingenuitive piece of wrestling I've ever seen. She then hits... a. Uh, 450, which looked yeah. brilliant. That was good, yeah. Um, so, well done her. Everyone got eliminated then. Um, 
Natalia did a double suplex, which looked amazing. I can't remember who it was on. I think it was on Sarah Logan and Riot. Um, yeah, because they tried to take her and then she just reversed it. Yeah, which was amazing. Um, I thought the Riot squad had a fairly good showing in this as well, um, yeah, which I thought the they yeah. needed, to be perfectly honest. Um, eventually, we were left with Bailey and Sasha in the ring. Um Sasha held out a hand to shake Bailey's, you know, as though to go may the best woman win, quite a friendly way. Bailey took the hand and launched Sasha out the wing, out of the ring, presumably to win. So she celebrated, you know, presumably this sort of almost heel turn, almost uh, until Naomi rolled back in, and that, that just confused me. Yeah, I thought Naomi had been eliminated with Becky Lynch. I wonder if everybody else had as well. Well, it was very, very confusing because with the men's royal uh, men's battle royale, it actually would have worked better if some of the men had actually taken a kip on the outside because yeah. that first image of just all the men in the ring was just mind-boggling. It was impossible to focus on one thing. When it's like that, I was like looking at it to see who's not actually really sure what they're supposed to be doing because you can see them sort of looking around throwing really weak punches. Yep. Just sort of like... What am I doing? <laughs> Mike and Ellison Sin Cara. Um, <laughs> no, those were the two I've noted down anyway. Um, yeah. So Naomi comes in, hits Bailey with the rear view, the stupidest move in the history of the world. Shittest move. I've got that wrote down, yeah. Yeah. Uh, eliminates Bailey, and Naomi is the winner of the first WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. Um, no real storyline, but it has sort of progressed the story of Bailey and Sasha, which is really, really good. Um, I will say that we entirely missed the elimination of Kyrie Sane and yep. Kyrie Sane's fantastic elbow because of another fucking advert. <laughs> I just I don't understand if this is such a historic event and I've tweeted this out to people. If this is such a historic event, why are you putting adverts in the middle of it? It's sentiment, isn't it? It's the whole women's Yeah. Everything about the women's thing, it's all just tag words and it's they just the want to be seen thing. to be doing something if you want. And yeah. I am all for this. Because genuinely, I thought one of the best matches of the night was the women's matches. They Definitely. Both of them were really good. I enjoyed them both. So they are more than capable wrestlers. If you're going to give them something like this, don't piss on it then by you know splitting it up with adverts so we miss a load of the stuff. I mean, we came back from this advert, Kairi Sane had been eliminated, half the bloody pack had been eliminated and we didn't know it ridiculous but Naomi won this battle royale Garth 20 yes. women 9 minutes 20. 9 minutes amazing astonishing <laughs> astonishing how you can have such a historic event and it lasts less than 10 minutes and how you can have a pre-show of 2 hours and have 30 minutes of wrestling is ridiculous Triple H's entrance lasted longer than that. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> As did The Undertaker's. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> but we get into the main card now, and we opened it with, I think, the ideal match, um, which was the triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship between Rollins, yep. the current champion, The Miz, and Finn Balor. Now, you will, you will have heard on this podcast me ragging on the uh, words that come up on SmackDown. Um, <laughs> absolutely shit. Just get rid of them. Um, but they used something similar here for a couple of the entrances, most notably the Miz's and Asker's. And they like had a, things popping like, out of like this. It was like the, um, do you call it the, 
the augmented reality sort of thing. Yeah, and it actually worked really, really well. I thought yeah. it worked really well for the Mizzes. I thought it worked really well for Askers. So, fair play, fair play. Uh, Finn Balor, oh, something we should mention uh, from the WrestleMania Woman Battle Royale. Uh, Sonya Deville wearing the LGBT colours on her mm-hmm. tights, hair, absolutely brilliant representation. And Finn Balor doing the same as well. Really yeah. plugging the all-inclusive Balor Club is for everyone. Fantastic message. So well done, Finn. Well done, Sonya. Um, but yeah, this match was absolutely fantastic. Seth Rollins donning some very, Seth very Rollins. strange uh, blue contact lenses, I've, which I've, looked fantastic. I've got it down, um, I said, uh, I've got Rollins looks like something from the movie Dune. Yes. If you've, if you've seen that. Yes, he does. I thought he looked a bit like a White Walker from Game of Thrones, if I'm being it's perfectly really good, honest. Yeah. But yeah, it worked. It was something subtle. Um, but this Miz match was, was good. really, Miz, really good. Mi- Miz's entrance was really good. Miz's entrance was really good, but he seemed to have reverted back to 2011 Miz <laughs> in his um, in his ring gear. Yeah, it was very, very odd. Um, but then he sent Bo Dallas and Kurt Saxel to the back. Said, "I want to it fight was, this on my own." His gear, for some reason, reminds us of um, like HBK when he used to wear those round sunglasses. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I can, I, like I can see that, yeah. All the, yeah. I think, he, yeah, he could be that kind of character, couldn't he? Obviously not as athletic, but... Yeah. And, you know, speaking about, you know, not being as athletic, there was there was the chance that The Miz would be lost in this match because Finn and Seth are capable of those high spots, yeah. but The Miz more than held his own in this match and, in fact, dictated a lot of the pace of the match. You know, he hit the skull-crushing finale on Seth Rollins. He hit the knee more than once. You know, he... He performed a lot. He had Finn Balor locked in the figure four, which was broken up by Seth doing that frog splash. He did that um, like a dragon whip from the ropes. Yeah, he he really, did. He did yeah. do fantastically well because I was concerned that he was going to get lost, but he didn't, which was fantastic. And every man in this match was very, very well represented. There was I no, thought, um, there was no like weak link in this match. Yeah, yeah. I'm, like I thought. Um, they all got enough sort of time on top. Yeah, and it wasn't absolutely. one of those ones where one of them would roll out and be out for five minutes. It was relatively quite quick, the sort of change around. Yeah, the pace was really, really good, the pacing of this match. And that's why I think it was such a good opener, because you needed that quick pace to... And I thought um, when uh, Miz, I think it was, uh, he did the his finish on... I thought it was over. Yeah. When he kicked out, no, like genuinely popped for that. I was like, oh, like surprise. <laughs> I mean, Finn Balor's coup de grace. You never, you just don't get used to that. You're like, how does that not wreck? The one he did on um, Miz when, while he was pinning Seth was excellent. It was. But then you know you had all the pins broken up by the finishers. Seth managed to get um, a curb stomp on Finn, and then mm-hmm. managed to hit the curb stomp on the Miz for the title. He's now a Grand Slam champion, which. Yeah. How he is the last one of the Shields to become a Grand Slam <laughs> champion is baffling. But this match, I thought, was fantastic. I thought it was really, really, really good, good hot start. start to the, yeah. yeah, to the. I um, did notice as well. I wrote down. Did you notice there was some sort of thing on the barricade, like a, it must have been had bags in it or something. No, I didn't and notice. I think somebody must have screwed up by putting it there because when Miz was on the outside and uh, Seth did the the dive through the ropes on both sides. Oh, yeah. He knocked Miz into it, and it really looked like it hurt. And Miz had that red sort of... He did have a mark, mark. on his back. Was that was what was that what that was, was from? Like, 
there was like a metal, it looked like a sort of metal contraption on the side. And I'm sure it had like a bag hanging out of it. So I'm oh, guessing yeah. it was for rubbish. But I'm just, look. I was, like, all the way through the match, I was thinking, be careful. Like, because I think it was a Triple H match where he actually moved away from it. Let's have a look. I wonder, if some, I wonder if somebody uh, cocked up and put it on the wrong side of the barricade. <laughs> I would not like to be that person. Um, Miz didn't look happy. <laughs> no, I can imagine. I can imagine. Um, next, we had um, the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship match between the champion Charlotte Flair and Asuka. Um, this was somewhat of a dream match. Um, it's definitely the match we wanted to see. It was pretty much as soon as Asuka came up to the main roster, it was when is she going to be fighting Charlotte? And in this match, it was made very, very clear that Charlotte is one of, if not the best re- best women's wrestler in the world right now. Yeah, She is absolutely astonishingly good. Everything she does is so crisp. Everything she does, it just, it works. It really does. And her and Asuka put on an excellent match. The I only th- concern, the only gripe I've got of this match, and it's a small gripe, is that Asuka didn't have the same amount of offence I thought she should have had. Yeah. It seemed to be her thwarting Charlotte as mm. opposed to Asuka being dominant, which is what we're used to. Such a good match. This it was a good match. Like, bell to bell, I think was the, like the most consistently good match. Like, don't know both both sides of it. I mean, Charlotte's selling of the arm was amazing all the way through. Charlotte's selling the arm when she got suplexed off the apron mm-hmm. and hit like <laughs> literally the small of her back first. Yeah. It was like, oh my life! I was winded watching that. Um, then of course you've got Charlotte performing that moonsault, which Asuka reversed into a triangle choke. That, that was, was seamless. Amazing. That was amazing. It was so well choreographed. And then Charlotte followed that up by doing a Spanish fly off the top <laughs> rope. Which was also fantastic. Though at one point, I think it was midway through, I was like, Asuka's going to land on her head, Asuka's going to land on her head. Well, no, you know, how stupid. Of course, Charlotte Flair's got it covered. Um, it was um, the, the stomps as well. Yeah. It was, there was a point it looked as if like Asuka was sort of fighting his heel. The way Almost, she was being yeah. quite sort of aggressive, yeah. Almost, yeah, I can see that, definitely. Um, but I think Charlotte was as well. There was moments where you could almost see that heel that. I think she works better as a heel anyway, Charlotte. Yeah, but, definitely. You know, that heel that dominant heel that she was on Raw, you'd almost got that in her facial expressions when, you know, she just couldn't put Asuka away. <laughs> um obviously but, um, Asuka had her in that triangle choke. Charlotte managed to transition that into a Boston Crab. That was really good, yeah. It was just it was a really, really good, fast paced just it was a it was what I hoped AJ and Shinsuke would be, because this actually surpassed what I thought it would be because the build to this match, and we talked about it in the preview show, the build to this match has not been the best. No. And but the, the video package was really good before the match. It really got us actually like pumped for the match. The fact that it recapped literally Charlotte from NXT mm-hmm. and Asuka as this dominant force was brilliant. Absolutely. And do you know what? I don't care if Asuka can't speak, you know, can't perform well on the match. No. I don't care. She's an absolutely fantastic I wrestler. I don't think that they needed her to speak at the end. That was seemed really forced. It did, but it was a nice moment. I can see why they've done it. Mm-hmm. I can see why they've done it. Oh, yeah. Um, so, well, the, the reason they've done it is because they want to make it clear that 
they are definitely not sort of there's no turn happening. No, it's it's a mutual respect, which yeah. I think this match needed. You mm-hmm. know that mutual respect. Um, obviously, at the end of the match, Charlotte has Oscar locked into the figure eight, and what I Selling liked the in the off. figure eight is Charlotte was she was struggling so much on that arm she was selling that at one point she was having to do it one-handed and just have that arm yeah. on her chest because she couldn't hold it, which was brilliant. Cool. Wonderful piece of selling. Um, and eventually, Asuka tapped. And the streak so was over just like that. Asuka's been on the main roster for less than a year and WWE have ended the streak. And do you know what? Good. I don't mind. It doesn't because bother Because streaks, and we've said this before, streaks back people into corners. They book people yeah. into corners because if she if Asuka had won here, she becomes the champion, she's beaten Charlotte. Okay? Yeah. When is the next time you would have Asuka lose? It, exactly, yeah. You'd have a lose at WrestleMania, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's just no way. But then you've got an entire year of Asuka winning again. And it just it they run the risk of it being or becoming stale. I think it, it lends to this, the, those two lends more to Asuka chasing yeah, the title. absolutely. I think Asuka will win. I can see a rematch taking place at Backlash and Asuka taking the title. Yeah. Um, but I think this is where Charlotte can start saying, like, you still can't beat me and, and I am the best. Yeah. And it, it solidifies her character as well. I'd love to see a heel Charlotte chasing Asuka, though. I really, really would. Mm. Um, I mean, I've heard rumours that Charlotte versus Asuka versus Rousey is being touted mm-hmm. as a main event for WrestleMania 35. Right. That would be incredible. Mm. That would be a really, really good match. Um, But, I mean, I can't gush enough about Charlotte. I think she's absolutely fantastic. Her entrance with the oh, three centuries pretty. were absolutely fantastic. Um, Harken back to when she did something similar for Triple H. Yeah. Uh, when her Alexa <laughs> Bliss and I believe Carmella um, were all dressed up as like weird Roman slave women. Um, and Triple H came out in his usual, you know, skull garb. But anyway, yeah, Charlotte ends Asuka's streak via submission, retains the SmackDown Women's Championship. Asuka at the end takes the microphone and says, Charlotte was ready for Asuka, gave her a massive hug. It was a nice image to end the match on. Um, Next, we had a fatal four-way match for the WWE United States Championship between Randy Orton, the current champion, Bobby Roode, Rusev with Aiden English, and Jinder Mahal, who came out with Sunil Singh. Two things I'm going to say before we even go into this match. One, did you notice that Aiden English had had his hair cut in the time it had taken from the Andre the Giant Battle Royale to this match? He'd had his head shaved. (laughs) Genuinely, go back and watch it. It's amazing. And that was the only thing special about Rusev's entrance. I know he promised tanks. I know two tanks. Oh, would have been fantastic. And they could, also, they could have at least done it on like that sort of ER thing. It's disappointing. It really is. Um, and then, of course, we had Bobby Roode coming out. It's glorious, glorious theme tune. Cut his which, fucking entrance. Yeah. <laughs> God. <laughs> he, looked, he looked pretty. He looked pretty shocked. He did. He did look really shocked. Um. Then, of course, Randy Orton came out at the end, but I have never, ever seen anyone, and again, tweeted this out, I've never seen anyone with such lose face 
as Randy Orton had coming out. He looked like he could not give a shit about he being there. Like he, he looked like he'd literally just been told, oh, by the way, you're losing tonight. Yeah, you're losing to Jinder tonight, mate. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, right. <laughs> sorry, just before this, I should mention, we talked about John Cena at ringside. Um, yeah. <laughs> during Charlotte holding the title up, a referee oh, ran yeah. down. I forgot to mention that. Uh... Um, Jumped the barricade, talked to John Cena and said, he's here, he's here. John Cena lost his shit, ran up the ramp past Charlotte, who was still celebrating, to the back, and everyone just kind of went, what the hell's going on here? And, okay, on the one side, fantastic, loved it, got me pumped. I was like, holy shit, this is actually going to happen. Um, but B, what a way to shit on the SmackDown Women's Championship. I was just going to say, like, she sort of looked at it and went, that's John Cena. Yeah, John Cena's just running past me, and then you got Asuka just smiling in the ring, like looking around, thinking, "What the?" (laughs) Um, But yeah, this came back to this fatal four way for the United States Championship. It was the it was the worst match that we'd witnessed so far. Obviously, we got two matches that were difficult to follow. It wasn't a bad match by any stretch of the imagination. All four men had moments to shine. Bobby Roode at the glorious DDT on Randy Orton. Randy Orton hit RKO's for everyone, as we'd expect. Rusev hit Machka kicks. Jinder hit a Coloss. One Coloss. He hit one sole Coloss to Rusev, who he then pinned just, for the championship. No, what it is, and I'm not just saying it now, because but when we were doing our predictions, I originally had Jinder down. But then I thought, nah, that's just ridiculous. And I changed it at the last minute. I have watched so many prediction videos, listened to so many podcasts, not one person even thought about Jinder. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that he's champion, because he was not ready in any way to be the face of SmackDown, to have that WWE title. But a mid-card belt, potentially, yeah, okay. That he pinned Rusev is ridiculous. But if it leads, and you can tell that I've calmed down since the end of this match, (laughs) because when this match ended... Doctor, I was not happy. Um, you know what I wrote down on my notes when this match ended? What's that? Haha, <laughs> Mahal. Because <laughs> um, I, I know it's going to piss off so many people. It will, and that's they've done it to be unpredictable, which is fine. Oh, totally. But if this leads to, and this is what I'm hoping, if it leads to a feud with Rusev and Rusev taking the belt from Jinder, fine. Yeah. Because if Rusev, if it's true and Rusev has asked for his release and that was why he was added to the match at Mania surely he's got to have something more than just being added to that to keep him in WWE because if you think about promised yeah yeah, think about Dolph Ziggler he threatened to leave he got a multi-million dollar contract and got put in the main event of Fastlane so and now he's in the Battle Royale well yeah now he's in the Battle Royale um but, you know, Rusev, they've got to do something with Rusev soon. They really have, because he's so over. It's ridiculous. It really Bobby, is. Bobby Roode, Bobby Roode got nothing in this match as well. No, he was the weak link. Not the weak link in this match, but he just he took a superplex off Orton, um, which we've already seen. We already saw that at Fastlane. Yeah. Um, and then he received an RKO, and he hit Randy Orton with the glorious DDT, but that's it. Yeah. And Orton spent most of the match, apart from those RKOs, chilling on the back, chilling yeah. on the outside. He's just sitting there looking over the looking over the apron. Yeah, just like oh well, 
Fuck it. <laughs> oh, but yes, Jinder Mahal is your new United States Championship. Uh, your new, bleh, your new United States Champion. And much as I hated it when it happened, um, now that I have calmed down and slept, I think it could be good. It's all. Right. I mean, it's just transitional, really, isn't it? I can't see. Oh, you can't have another really long reign, please. Um, that brought us to a match that could have gone one of two ways, and this was the mixed tag match between Triple H and Stephanie McMahon and Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle. Before the match, we had the uh, video package, which it felt must have been at least the fourth time we'd seen it. Um, But, I mean, don't get me wrong, Steph winds me up so much when she's on Raw. Just fuck (laughs) off, okay? Just go away. But her character work in this match and in during all the parts of this feud have been absolutely spot on. Oh yeah. I am like... I'm literally the last person to dole any like praise on Stephanie McMahon at all. I'm sure she's bothered. <laughs> but um you know she was, she was heel. five stars in this match. She really, really was. And thank God, Ronda Rousey, absolutely fantastic. Fantastic! Didn't yes. miss a beat the entire match. Um, she was. I just, I just thought, what the fuck was Triple H's entrance about? It had no, had no rhyme, no reason at all for them to be on motorbikes, other than, I don't know, like was it, haha, you're not getting the American badass. That's what I, I, t- I put on Twitter and just said, oh my god, it's the Undertaker. Oh no, wait, it's Triple H. <laughs> um, it did seem a bit weird to do that, but uh, you know, there you go. Um, wasn't as long as his usual ones either. Driving down to the ring at five miles an hour. Yes, and also there seemed to be there seemed to be some manner of problem with his bike as well because he kept checking the bike for something. Uh, You know, after he got rid of his weird ass skull bandana. Um, To be fair, he looked absolutely jacked. He always does. Did you see his pecs dancing during Kurt Angle's entrance? Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Um, I mean, we predicted that Kurt Angle and Triple H would have to carry a lot of this match. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a viewpoint shared by a lot of people. It was, but opposite, wasn't it? It was completely the opposite. Ronda did so much. And I will say this now, and it's probably going to be an unpopular opinion, but Kurt hasn't still got it, has he? No, I've got on my notes. I've got, um, I've got like, the entrances that all looked good. Like, apart from Ronda, we should stop smiling, but... That's um, that's a case of this has been my dream for ages. I'm yeah. debuting at WrestleMania against Triple H. You know, at least, I mean, at least she sort of just totally flicked the switch when she hit the ring, which was good. Yeah. Um, but I've got like Kurt. I've just got like Kurt looks good. It looks like he's sort of trimmed down a bit. But then a couple of notes later, I've got um, Triple H and Kurt really showing their age. Yeah, but I think it was Kurt more than Triple H. Oh yeah, definitely. Um. I just, you know, he did manage to hit an angle slam, which looked really good, but again, the cameras missed most of it. Um, he got both Stephanie and Triple H at different points in the ankle lock, so he had his moments, but this wasn't about Kurt. It was very much about Ronda. And yeah. once Ronda got that first hot tag and sprinted at Stephanie, it was on. You could just see love- that, oh, Steph- fantastic. I thought Steph was class when they were walking to the corner and she kept running over and grabbing and just Rousey. winding her up yeah and that one point where she um, Kurt was going for that first hot tag that we've just spoken about and Steph just ran round whipped Ronda off the yeah. ring apron and then just ran back basically just danced back to her own corner 
Um, when when Ronda finally got in, the pop was unbelievable. Yeah, it really, really was. This was the match that the crowd were really, really into. Yeah. And, you know, it was the longest match on the card, but I don't mind that. I don't mind I really, that. Yeah, it was, I really enjoyed uh, Triple H constantly distracting the ref as well. Yeah, that, there was a <laughs> point too- where Ronda um, basically... Uh, Trip had, Trips had just got Kurt Angle out of the ring and Ronda had just recovered from some manner of move and Triple H turned around and Ronda was like, come on then, come on, let's go. And Triple H was like, no. And then the more Ronda kind of went, come on, come on. kind of like Scrappy-Doo in Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, and Triple H was like, yeah, go on then. Right. And the ref was like, no, Triple H, come on, come on now. And he just gently walked the referee to the corner of the ring, yeah. patted him on the chest and went, don't try and stop me. And it's then right. they started. And it was just, it was fantastic. Just little things like that. Um, I mean, Ronda obviously then let loose with a load of punches, which <laughs> Triple H sold brilliantly as though oh, he was being slapped in the playground. Um, the only thing that I took issue with in this match, and again, I don't know if it's me just being a bit petty, but should Stephanie McMahon, who is at best a part-time wrestler mm-hmm. and has no that I know of, no MMA experience at all, should she be able to reverse an arm lock <laughs> or an arm bar that Ronda Rousey ex-UFC women's bantamweight champion, uh, I need to I need to add um, <laughs> is it right that she is reversing that with a picture perfect, you know Judo reversal or whatever it is, jiu-jitsu <laughs> reversal. Well, if you watch all the vignettes, they have been training like world-class athletes. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, and it, it just that irritated me. I loved it. I liked it more when Steph was raking the eyes out of desperation. Yeah. That was fine. To be fair, she, she hit like a really good DDT as well. She did. On Ronda. Again, this is not. I'm not ragging on Steph. I thought she was absolutely brilliant in this match. I'm just thinking, does it make sense for Stephanie? to be able to reverse an armbar like that, surely it's more her character to be desperate, to rake the eyes and things like that, which she did later on. Um, there was a lovely one, moment uh, where... Um, yeah. uh, Ron, I was going to call her Shayna Baszler then. Ronda <laughs> Rousey had um, Steph in an armbar and Kurt had Triple H in the ankle lock. Yeah, and they did the revival thing where Triple H held Stephanie's hand to stop her tapping out <laughs> and then flipped... Kurt Angle into Ronda Rousey, into Ronda, yeah. which was br- cool. I really enjoyed that. I um, loved. Um, I can't remember who it was who got thrown over the table, but one of the Spanish announcers like had a like scale over the yes, so in this match. Like, it was so fast. <laughs> it's so good. Brilliant. Like, it was like a Percy Watson at Takeover. Yeah, you can literally see one. Oh shit! <laughs> oh bollocks! Oh brilliant! Um. But then Triple H managed to land the pedigree on Kurt. He went for the pedigree on Ronda. Ronda then reversed it with a Hurricane Rana, which was very, very good. Basically, yeah, good. Ronda Rousey surpassed anyone's expectations oh, yeah, for definitely. what she would I, do. That's, all the comments and stuff I've been reading and things like that, they've all said she, like above and beyond what everybody thought. She's going to be a star. She really, yeah. really is. The fact that as she got Stephanie in that final arm bar and she was trash talking her as she was doing it. Are you ready yeah. for this, Steph? Are you ready for this? And Stephanie's like, no, please don't. And it, oh, it was just beautiful. She played it so well. Also, 
fantastic ring apron, uh, ring entrance work. Yeah, loved it. Absolutely brilliant what's, shout what's out. The to what's the chances there? Uh... Steph comes on, comes out with like an arm brace or something tonight. If she sells it like that, perfect, absolutely perfect. Just be the top icing on the cake. It'll be interesting to see what's going to happen with Kurt Angle being GM. I know that's that's what I was thinking. Like sort of when they were sort of celebrating at the end because before the match, Triple H had said, "Like, don't forget who signs your check," sort of thing, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. It's certainly interesting, certainly interesting. But the match ended as we assumed it would do with Ronda Rousey tapping out Stephanie McMahon with an arm bar. I think my biggest um, gripe with this match is it was too long. There was a couple of instances where it, it couldn't, maybe should have ended. Um, yeah. Or the, it, I think I think maybe about 10, minute, 10, 15 minutes too long. Yeah, I think you could argue that, definitely. I, the pace for this match didn't really bother me. Um. The pace was fine. It was just there was a couple of times where you think they've, they've done enough to finish it, but then it was the like the bit where they did the um, they tried to do the two, um, what do you call it, pedigrees. Oh that yeah, sort of around that time. That's what I was thinking. Like this is where it should have ended. Yeah, just reverse those moves and, and finish stuff, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But do you know what? We are picking up on small things in this match. It was a fantastic oh, yeah. match. It was far better than it had any right to be. And, you know, once again, Triple H loses at Mania. So, <laughs> you know, I wrote an article not so long ago called Is It Time to Stop Playing the Game? Um, <laughs> and do you know what? That's two WrestleManias in a row he's lost, so maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Um, in fact, it's three, isn't it? He lost at 32 as well. I think he's put quite a few people over recently, hasn't he? He has. I think it's just because he lost. he won at 31. Over Sting, and it was just like, oh. Yeah, he had that whole reign of terror, didn't he? Yeah, it's just it's what we're used to, isn't it? But, yeah, if you think about it, he put Reigns over at 32, Seth over at 33, and now he's put Ronda Rousey over at 34. Maybe I need to stop ragging on him. Um, <laughs> so, anyway, next, we had John Cena making his way to the ring because The Undertaker was in town. So, we got into the ring, you know, all ready for it. Another referee ran down and said to John, basically, now nah, I was just joking, The Undertaker's not here. Yeah. Like, he's not ready. Yeah, he's not ready. And uh, John was like, oh, what? You, you just feel the anger in him. Then the lights went out. So oh, goodness. my God. The, the crowd. crowd went ballistic. Absolutely mental. Waiting for that gong. Did that gong come, Garth? <laughs> no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Elias. Oh, that was, that was amazing. The heat for Elias after that was fantastic. And people forget that Elias is supposed to be a heel. It's just that people seem to really, really like him. He's still supposed to be a heel, so when he comes out saying that he is better than The Undertaker, I know I'm not the person you wanted to be here. Best thing expecting somebody else. Yeah. (laughs) And then he just keeps going, I've got more charisma than The Undertaker. Does this somebody else have more charisma? (laughs) (laughs) It was brilliant. He got into the ring. um, He said, I'll take it from here, John. Go back to your seat. (laughs) Which John Cena did, which was brilliant. Uh, Elias rattles off his usual song of... Um, oh, we've missed a match, but we'll go into it afterwards. Um, he does his song. John Cena comes in, beats him up, and uh, his music starts playing. You can see his face like, "Oh, that wasn't my moment, was it? Come on!" So he, do, you know, he gets up on the turnbuckle and does his weird hand gestures. Um, starts to make his way up to the ramp when his music stops, and Saul looks around in confusion. 
looks back at the ring and in the centre of the ring are the coat and the hat of The Undertaker, exactly yes. in the way he'd left it at the end of WrestleMania 33. How did somebody get that so quickly? There is one speedy, speedy stagehand doing that. Yeah. Um, then and the lightning comes down. Lightning well. comes up, sets it on fire. The lights go out and it's gone, which is fantastic. The lights go down, gone. And yeah. New Orleans fucking loses it. Oh. It is magical. And it's stuff like, do you know what? At the end of 33, uh, we reviewed this in a retro pay-per-view back in October. Um, though to call it retro when it was the same year, it was a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we looked at it and just said, like, the end of this match, this needs to be where Undertaker retires because he looked yeah. so broken down and Reigns <clears throat> wasn't at the level where he could carry the Undertaker. Yeah. But as soon as that gong hit, and I know that a lot of wrestling fans felt the same, that gong hit, that was it. I wanted him yeah. down. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So fire shoots up, Undertaker comes to the ring, and I tell you what, he looked good. Yeah, he did. We spoke. He looked up for it as well. He, he did. Really he looked very, very up for it. And obviously, after all this smack talk that John Cena was talking, you know, didn't matter because The Undertaker destroyed him. To be fair, Cena just jobbed completely. Yeah. Cena just sold. And he didn't. I mean, he probably could have had enough pull to say, no, I'm not doing that. But I think he. I think. I'll be surprised if this wasn't Cena's idea. Well, Cena's had a lot of ideas recently. He was the one, he wanted to put Seth over at Elimination Chamber, not Roman. Really? Yeah. There was a wild, wild rumour that that was going round, like, up until, like, 45 minutes before the show. He went to Vince and said, don't put Roman over, put Seth over. Yeah. I'm wondering if Cena's been like, look, we need to take on this card. Potentially. And I even, mean... And even if it's just a five-minute squash, let's just do it. You can see why it wasn't listed as a match now, can't you? Can you imagine the people who've bought tickets to New Orleans to see The Undertaker <laughs> in the ring for two minutes? It was really good. I mean, It was. He that, moved so much bit, better than Orlando. The bit, where the bit where he sat up for the final little shuffle. Oh, and John Cena sold it as though he'd seen a ghost, which was yeah. brilliant. And that is why he's an actor in Hollywood now. Um, <laughs> so Undertaker hit him with his usual, you know, uh, we saw old school. Uh, he yep. hit him with a choke slam. We've got Tombstone Pile Driver, 2 minutes 45. John Cena jobbed out at Mania to The Undertaker and the crowd just lapped up every single yeah. minute I'll, of it. I've got on my thing, I'll just put I'll just put Chokeslam, Tombstone, Pin, Squash, Perfect. Yeah, it was. There couldn't have been anything else. And part of me, the cynical side of me, says that Undertaker went full ball because he knew he was only going to be in the ring for two minutes. Yeah. But the less cynical side of me and the more hopeful side of me just thinks, do you know what? The man's had hip surgery. He's probably just got a hip that works now. Yeah, and he's been doing DDP yoga. Yes, mate, DDP yoga <laughs> is just that's the answer to everything. <laughs> I'm pretty sure if you gave Donald Trump DDP yoga, he'd be less of a twat. <laughs> I don't know. It would take a lot it's more than that, DDP yoga, not, wouldn't it? No, it's not it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, The Undertaker obviously beats John Cena. Now, in our haste to get to that match, we did miss out the match that fell between the Mitz match tag and uh, The Undertaker and John Cena. It was the triple threat tag team match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. And the reason I missed it out is because it lasted under six minutes. The combined entrances of the three teams lasted longer than the match. <laughs> um, another 
another squash room. It was a it? complete squash. And I think it was what was needed after the mixed tag team match because you've got all the excitement of Ronda Rousey, you've got the fact that it was the longest match on the card. So you needed something almost, almost palate cleansing. Yeah. And obviously the Bludgeon Brothers went over defeating the Usos and the New Day, I believe they <clears throat> hit a second second rope powerbomb sort of variation yeah, on Kofi to for the win. The only real spot, really. I know that the Usos got a lot of super kicks in. Uh, Biggie repeatedly tried to hit the big ending and uh, the Midnight Owl, which they, he couldn't keep, whether it be Harper or Rowan up. Um, Xavier Woods took another nasty bump, um, hitting the um, the ring post yeah. from the Bludgeon Brothers. The Bludgeon Brothers went over, which I think everyone thought they would. It'll be interesting to see which tag teams now debut on SmackDown mm. to stand up to these two behemoths, really. I, to- I totally um, I totally popped when uh, when he brought the trumpet out and he played the Lord of the Rings theme. Oh, it was... The totally New Day's entrance was absolutely fantastic. It really was. <laughs> because they got New Orleans Mardi Gras-inspired gear, which was brilliant. Yeah. They had... Is it okay to have little people dressed as pancakes doing the worm around the outside of the ring? They seem to be enjoying it. Yeah, they seem to be fine with it. Yeah, let's just go with that. We'll skate over it anyway. Um, but yeah, you know, the New Day's entrance is always something, and you know, special. It was, it was entertaining, if nothing else. So, it was just a good, just a good way to get the Bludgeon Brothers over. Yeah, like, because I've always liked Luke Harper. I've always liked Luke Rowan. Uh, sorry, Luke Rowan, Eric Rowan. Um, but they have been drastically underutilized in the past couple of years, and. Yeah. You know, they now have the same amount of title reigns as Nicholas, so that's always good. Um <laughs> <Fuck's sake. laughs> and, and we will get to this. Um just a quick point. Um did you realise that the Wyatt family of all the Wyatts, Bray was the lowest on the card? <laughs> just think about that he for a second. He wasn't actually on the card. I exactly. Don't. Just have a think about that for a second. Um anyway, we get to possibly possibly the most looked forward to match on the card with Daniel Bryan making his return to wrestling alongside the world's greatest wrestler, Shane McMahon, taking on Kevin <laughs> Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, obviously, if Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens lost, they would stay fired from SmackDown Live. Um, started well. Started well. We had the lovely video package for Daniel Bryan, that lovely introduction of the uh, the Yes movement which was really, really good. And then Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn sort of attacked from behind as Kevin Owens' music was going on, took Daniel Bryan out of the match with a halluva kick and a powerbomb on the apron. And I just loved that. And I thought, if that if that was all Daniel Bryan did for that match, can you imagine <laughs> the heat that the crowd would have given it? It's class. Um, but of course, don't worry. Don't worry, fans, because Shane McMahon, the non-wrestling Shane McMahon, held his own against El Generico and Kevin Steen. You know, two of the most noted wrestlers of our time now were held at arm's length by Shane McMahon. Those what punches, those the punches. fuck? Yes, those punches, those punches are an absolute travesty, a shit stain on the toilet paper of life is what Shane McMahon's punches are. I will say that while Sami Zayn was uh, locked in a tree of well, he did manage to hit the coast to coast, 
which for someone who was suffering the obvious discomfort he was suffering, fair enough. There's you know there's nothing else I can say about that. Fair mm-hmm. enough. Um, to then have Kevin Owens, who is not a small man, hit a frog splash on you. Yeah. Jesus Christ, that's got to be painful. He did it. Um, he just sent on later as well, I think. Yeah, they again just great heel work. They targeted him. it, didn't they? They brutalized him. Yeah, they really did. And just as it seemed like all was lost, uh, Owens performed that um, frog splash, covered Shane for the pin. Daniel Bryan came back, and the crowd lost its shit for the second yeah. time in two matches. It's when they were teasing the tag, yeah, and they were like inches away from each other. The crowd were getting—you could see the crowd sort of building, like so, so, yeah. I mean, Daniel Bryan is just such a hot commodity in wrestling, and if he can stay healthy, you know, he will be the WWE champion, yeah, by WrestleMania 35. Without a shadow of a doubt. And if, where, um, and if the main event, doing... sorry, just quickly, if the main yeah. event of WrestleMania 35 is either the triple threat between Charlotte Asuka and Ronda Rousey and have the semi-main event of Daniel Bryan versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah, heel Shinsuke. Oh my God. Yeah, heel Shinsuke, obviously. Again, spoilers. Um, <laughs> I, I am more than, more than happy with that. More than happy. Oh, definitely. Um. Obviously, Daniel Bryan had his offense, um, did the running drop kicks, um, did his flips over the corner. There was a horrible moment where he did a drop kick from the top rope and sort of hit his head and held his head for that minute. And, of course, yeah. with everything he's gone through with his concussions, everyone in the arena held their breath and was like, oh, shit, oh, shit, I think he was, oh, shit. Yeah, I think he was totally playing on that one. He, he was because he got straight up and bang, straight away at the running knee. It was like, yep, yeah, we've been sold there. That was a storyline we um... didn't realize. Doing those yes kicks and Sami Zayn was selling them class. Sami Zayn, oh my god, I love Sami Zayn. I really do. I mean, as a face, he was just because he wasn't getting anywhere, it was almost like people had stopped caring. But this heel turn, and because he's such a stupid yeah. heel, when he's dancing around Kevin Owens as they walk <laughs> into the ring, and everything he does is just so over the top. I love it. So I annoying. really do. It's just fantastic. Anyway, um, there's a lovely moment where Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn are looking into each other's faces. You know, obviously both of them, almost their careers paralleled with Sami Zayn yeah. being the underdog from the underground. Daniel Bryan being that underdog for so long before overthrowing both, both, it in New Orleans. Both in Ring of Honor for a long time. Exactly. Well. Exactly. Had fantastic matches in Ring of Honor as well. You should check them out. Daniel Bryan and um, El Generico. But eventually Sami Zayn was locked in the yes lock, tapped Pretty much straight away. Um, and there you have it. Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon took the victory. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are fired from SmackDown, which means that they will turn up on Raw. I was just going to say. Because luckily, <laughs> there's a draft. So, you know, fancy the chances. Um, next, we had um, the match for the Raw Women's Championship. And this was between Alexa Bliss, the champion, and Nia Jax. And this was based, of course, around Alexa Bliss being a terribly, terribly mean person and bullying Nia Jax because of her weight, which, of course, mm. is horrendous and should never be done. Um, but mm. it was played really, really well. And I know a lot of people have said that this is almost the point where WrestleMania turned, but I really enjoyed this match. It was short. Yeah. It was, you know, it's exactly what it set out to do. 
I mean, we need to remember that Alexa Bliss came up to the main roster in July 2016 during the original draft. She'd had little to no ring experience. You know, was called up in many people's eyes far too early. But she's proved all of us wrong. But she's still quite new in the ring. You know, she's improving all the time. Nia Jax, still quite green. But these two put on a serviceable match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Mickey James came down with Alexa Bliss because those two are obviously best friends at the moment. And Nia Jax completely <laughs> ignored Alexa Bliss to start off with. It was brilliant. She absolutely brutalised Mickey James. If any of you are Marvel fans out there uh, and you have seen the first Avengers film, there's a lovely bit where the Hulk grabs Loki by the feet and smashes him into the ground. That is literally what Nia Jax did with Mickey James into the barricades. It was brutal to the point of it almost being uncomfortable to watch. And then Corey Graves... Corey Chris comes up and says, someone got a shovel and take Mickey James out here. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. It was he really, was really good. Night. He was really good all night. Like, there's one-liners and stuff. Corey Graves was on form. To be honest, yeah. the commentary team was on form, if I'm mm-hmm. being perfectly honest. Um, but then, of course, Nia Jax started the match strong because everyone just anticipated she would be, she would do. Alexa Bliss, chicken shit heel, you that know, the rake with the bit, eyes, things like that. That bit where uh, Nia Jax like, screamed at her. Nia Jack. Oh, and, um, just Bliss. shut up! And Bliss, and Bliss just like screamed back in absolute <laughs> terror. I love the fact when Alexa Bliss went for a pinfall, I can't remember what move it was, um, went for the pinfall, Jax kicked out, and she just threw a tantrum on the ring, yeah. <laughs> which was just fantastic. Uh, Bliss managed to hit Twisted Bliss on the outside on Nia Jax, which looked really good. Um, Nia Jax eventually just proved too strong for Alexa Bliss, which is what... I think everyone saw coming. Um, She landed a second rope Samoan drop on Bliss for the title. No cash-in. So I've got down, yeah. No cash-in. Unbelievable. So Miss Money in the Bank was on the WrestleMania pre-show for eight seconds and did nothing else. That is... This would have been the perfect opportunity for a cash-in. And unless it happens very, very soon, it's going to be extremely underwhelming when it happens. I wonder if um, I wonder if somebody somewhere said, what happens if she's still got the, the title come Money in the Bank? I wonder if they're going to run with it and see what story they can come up with it. Maybe. Because it's never been done before. so She just runs out of time first. to cash it in. Yeah. <laughs> that or... would be quite entertaining. I mean, a complete yeah. waste of the inaugural money in the bank, women's money in the bank. But to be perfectly honest, when Carmella originally won it and she was partnered with James Ellsworth, mm-hmm. it was without a doubt the right person to win the money in the bank match. But her character just have... seems to have like plateaued completely. I, I thought it would have been better if they kept him with her and he kept trying to cash it in. And she kept saying, no, don't want to. Yeah. That would have been good. She just needs something else. She really does because at the moment her character is flat. You know, nobody cares about this this briefcase anymore. No. Um, and whereas with Seth, when Seth did it, you know, it was a, you know, it was used so much. Whereas yeah. Carmella just carries it around and I miss money in the bank. Yeah, I know, but you're not very good. Well, she was bragging about holding it for the longest amount of time. 
Lance yeah, Storm not... shot her down on Twitter, which was brilliant. Yeah. That's not a good thing, is it? Yeah, I was just going to say, cash it in, woman. Um, it'd be interesting to see her cash it in and actually become a champion, though, because Carmella's she's... a champion. I'm not entirely sure how that'd go. No, she's had. Well, she doesn't have any character, any feud, or anything. No, there's no storyline about her. She's good on the mic. Um, I mean, she's she's okay in the ring. I wouldn't say she's yeah. amazing. She's annoying as hell when she screams all the time. Well, yeah, but unfortunately, you could say that for a, quite a few women on the female <laughs> roster. Um. Anyway, we'll uh, we'll leave that for now because obviously that could happen in the next couple of nights. Who knows? Next, and for me, this was the point where WrestleMania just kind of went, oh, we're done, it's up to you guys now. Yeah. Uh, basically just turned drastically, did a massive U-turn, uh, because if it was to end here, I'd have given WrestleMania a B plus, A minus. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately it didn't. Um, we still had AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura for the WWE Championship, and... It's not a bad match. In fact, it's a very good match. But because of the incessant building that we as fans have given it, so it is partly our fault, the incessant building we've given it, the incessant building that WWE personnel have given it as this dream match, it failed to deliver for me. Plus it's the whole... um, It's like the... um... It's like the WWE one. Well, this is the match you want. There you go. And that's it. Yeah. There's no fanfare. There's no. And they kept on saying it. The dream match. The fan. The match. The fans always wanted. So then they can just turn around and say, "Well, you wanted it. Yeah. It wasn't wasn't what you wanted. Just uh, I don't know. The entrance is like Shinsuke's entrance was amazing. Shinsuke's entrance was absolutely outstanding. Um, the Nita best Strauss, thing about AJ Styles' entrance was the sign that I have put up on our Twitter page. So I've retweeted it from whoever put it there. I can't remember who it was. Um, of AJ Styles dressed as a nun saying, um, they don't want none. They don't want none. They don't want none. <laughs> which was just fantastic. So props to the person who created that sign. Absolutely fantastic. Um, I, just, um, I just don't like his entrance. Like his music, it's terrible. It doesn't fit. No, it's very redneck, like you, isn't it? Like when you got when you got Shinsuke coming out to that massive, massive entrance, just a banger, isn't it? An absolute and then banger. AJ's is just like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, this match then. So obviously, we were always going to compare it with their Wrestle Kingdom ten match, yeah. which is up there with one of the best matches, and. Unfortunately, we just didn't get that because it it went twenty minutes, but it was very, very slow to begin with. That that yeah. feeling out of each other, that constant. Oh, AJ Styles, he's so emotional. Will he will he be able to keep his emotions in check? And to have it based just on a dream match for me wasn't enough. That's why. Yeah, that's why. Going into it, there wasn't really that much, other than the fact that it was two people who everybody wanted to see wrestle. There was no real story or reason. It's just these two have done it before, but, yeah. but we don't mention that. Absolutely. I just want to read you a little bit of a quote that I've written down because I was interested in knowing what other people um, 
have said about mm-hmm. you know this, whether it was just me. Um, the Washington Post have written about the Styles Nakamura match that it was, and I quote, surprisingly slow and podding, plodding, with the intensity only reaching its expected level toward the end, which is absolutely how I would sum up that match. Yeah, I, th- I think I think that's um, deliberate. I think they've done that on purpose. I think they've wanted to do a slow build. They have, but it was almost like there needed to be another f- five minutes at the end of the match. Yeah. Or cut three or four minutes out of their feeling each other out mm-hmm. and add it to the end of the match where you've got that intensity. There, there was a, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of good near falls. Um, you know, you've got AJ Styles hitting the phenomenal forearm and Shinsuke kicking out. You've got Shinsuke hitting that congest to the back of AJ Styles' mm-hmm. head and him kicking out of that. Um, but, you know, that was really it. I mean, AJ went was- for the um, springboard 450. But didn't land that, you know, yeah. got the knees of Shinsuke. But it was all very, I'm loath to say by the numbers, but... It I was. know what you mean. It's like, it's like you could imagine just watching it on SmackDown. Like, Absolutely, it was a SmackDown main event, is what it was. I mean, the, the those knees that um, Shinsuke was doing when he was on the mat were pretty brutal. Yeah, they were. Um, and I must have sort of precursor the end of the match because I wrote I wrote down early in my notes uh, like Shinsuke is like like sort of wrestling as a heel because huh. he, he was quite he had that like quite a sort of nasty streak throughout the match yeah a bit of foreshadowing yeah um, I mean we had we had a bit of a story throughout the match of AJ Styles sort of working the knee of Shinsuke obviously yeah. trying to say the Kinshasa Abbey locked him in the calf crusher a couple of times Um you know, give a lot of stiff kicks to the knee. Eventually, Shinsuke got AJ Styles in position for the Kinshasa, and AJ reversed it really, really nice. Like really, it was really, really yeah. it was immaculate. Like smooth, yeah. Um, got him up into the Styles Clash and pinned him. One Styles Clash was all it took to put Shinsuke away. One Styles Clash, which could, was um... okay. Yeah. But I think that's I think that's what I mean when I say. It needed to go longer, mm-hmm. you know. We needed some more pinfalls or attempted yeah. pinfalls. Anyway, um, the crowd were like shocked as well. I think they were. Yeah, I think they just wanted it to go a bit long, and it was almost like the WWE went. There you go. There's your match. Enjoy yeah. it. Pull, pull the rug now. Like pull, pull, yeah. pull it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Shinsuke sort of intercepted the referee. Then, as the referee was handing. AJ's belt. We had sort of a mirror of the Charlotte Asker thing from earlier where Shinsuke offers the belt to AJ after they'd embraced. They go to embrace again. Gets down on his knee. <laughs> he gets down on his knee, proposes to AJ Styles, um, and <laughs> low blows him. And this was fantastic. This was brilliantly done. This will... was a total... Other... I mean, I did write it in my notes like that he was wrestling here, but I didn't see that no, at all. I didn't see it coming at all. I don't think anyone in the whole stadium either because you look on the replay and some of the people's faces were just like <gasps> anyone who says they saw total, it coming is lying it's just total drop yeah absolutely um, the only reason I thought the only reason I'd, I'd wrote it down because I thought in a match like this there's always got to be someone who's sort of doing the nasty stuff yeah absolutely and you know 
<laughs> even the ref going, stop it, Shinsuke, stop it. Yeah. Yes, that's not going to stop him, is it, for God's sake? So when Shinsuke he rolled him to the, the outside. Well, I say rolled him. He sort of booted him until he rolled to the outside, didn't he? Um, and then hit him with a Kinshasa on the outside, which, do you know what? Heal Shinsuke, I'm happy. It's a new direction yeah. for him. You know, it sort of reboots his character. It resets. If it means that we get another Shinsuke-AJ Styles match with yeah. a bit more heat behind it, a bit more ferocity behind it, because there hasn't been a lot of build to this feud. Um, you know, to be fair, Nakamura doesn't really need to change anything. No, he doesn't. Just wrestle stiffer. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, eventually, we will get the match, maybe at SummerSlam, we'll get the match that this should have been. Did he wrestle as a heel in New Japan? Yes, I think so. Because didn't he start Chaos? So I feel like he was part of... Was it it Great... Big Bash Heel or something before that, or Great Bash Heel? I can't remember. And Shinsuke and a couple of people broke away from that to create chaos. And I'm sure there was right. a heel turn there. So I'm sure Sinsuke has been a heel before. Um, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward yeah, to that. So this match was a fucking shit show, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> I have so many questions. So many questions. Um, so Cesaro and Sheamus are heels. Is that correct? Apparently. Yes. So why did they come out on a Mardi Gras float throwing... Sweets to the crowd. That's not a fucking heel thing to do, is it? This whole match just... It made no sense whatsoever. So they came in on a float with a load of people with big heads. You know, these mascot things. um, Throwing sweets to people. Uh, They eventually got onto the stage where they then had their actual entrance. Got down to the ring. Braun came out. And the only good thing in the match was the people with the big heads were scared off by Braun shouting. That was quite funny. Um, Braun then pushed the float off the stage, which was like, okay, all right. (laughs) So Braun came down to the ring. And bearing in mind, ladies and gentlemen, that in in England, it was ten past four in the morning. And (laughs) I have stopped up to watch this going, come on, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Bobby Lashley? It was just, it was one of those ones that's like, I can't wait to find out who it is. Yeah, I am so excited. And again, 10 past 4, ladies and gentlemen. So I was like, if this is fucking bullshit, I'm going to lose my temper. So anyway, Braun gets to the ring, takes his mic and says, I'm sure you're all wondering who my tag team partner is. Uh, well, it's no one in the back. Everyone went, <laughs> yeah, what? What? Um, and then turned to the camera and said, it's one of you. And I was like, um... Okay, it's like Rey Mysterio in the crowd. Yeah, that's what I was hoping as well. So Braun then said, who wants to be my tag team partner? To which they cut to one bloke who was quite clearly against it, pointing to his two friends next to him. <laughs> I, <saw that. laughs> I was like, you hero, you absolute hero. Um, So he, he went into the crowd anyway, walked past No Way Jose from NXT, Bobby Fish from NXT, and I believe a couple of indie wrestlers. You know, actual legitimate wrestlers, and picked up a ten-year-old boy, and said, "Do you want to be my tag team partner?" The child, who looked terrified, said yes, and was brought so, uh... to the ring. Westrom and then introduced him. Uh, this boy was called Nicholas. 
it turns out that he is the 10-year-old son of the ref of this match. And, uh, yeah, what happened was Braun said to him, if you just stand there, I'll do the rest of the work. And what happened was four minutes later, Braun Strowman and Nicholas had buried the entire of the Raw Tag Team Champions, um, sorry, the entire of the Tag Team Division, and we had a 10-year-old as our Tag Team Champion. I just fucking... So, (laughs) what the fuck? I mean, does this mean now that Nicholas has got to defend these titles at Backlash? It means anyone who isn't contracted can actually just fight for a fucking championship. Yeah. So And it's just, like, I don't give a shit whose kid it is. I don't give a shit if this guy's owed some sort of massive favour. It, it just pisses all over the any sort of team that's come before and who's give a shit about those belts. It's it's just it's the just David Arquette from WCW kid. thing. Uh-huh. It's WCW David Arquette, isn't it? Winning the championship. Well, I've got on my notes. I've, I've got my notes. Is Russo back? That's it's what I've got utter, down. utter both bullshit. Utter bullshit. This is literally the, like I was talking to some of my two wrestling fans, and I said this is possibly the worst, single worst sort of moment of WrestleMania that I can remember. Yeah, ridiculous. Because it's absolutely pointless. There's no like some people are defending it, and I don't. How? Yes, it's entertainment. Yes, it's a it's family thing, and it's fun. I don't give a shit. That's not that's not what it's no, about. Absolutely it's not. not. There are people, there are wrestlers who actually need to earn money to support their families who aren't on this card. Samoa Joe isn't on this card despite being fit. Jeff Hardy isn't. Big Cass isn't. You know, look at all those people who've just been shoved into this Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royale who can't get on the main card, who've missed out on... A WrestleMania payday so that a 10 year old can win the tag team champ. Like a fucking revival? I mean. Anyone? What the hell? I don't even. Like, honestly, don't even know why Braun was in this. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was because they had no idea what to do with Braun. That's why. There's no reason. Just. Ridiculous. Absolutely fucking ridiculous. Utterly ridiculous. And I have a feeling that both me and Garth could go on for days about how stupid this was. Yeah. Just. Um, But. Yeah, ridiculous. It's, it put a it put a massive, massive damper on the the night, like on the, the overall feeling. It did the... because I think people had built themselves so much to think that this tag team partner could be a huge person. It could be I mean, Rey Mysterio. It could be Bobby Lashley. It could. Do you know what? I wouldn't. Have, I would have even. I wouldn't have minded if Enzo fucking Amore had come out. <laughs> you know, I'm sure like, that would have got a pop. Yeah, um, when I mean, you could even see it in um, Cesaro when. Braun's pinning him. Cesaro's looking at the ref, and he just, he just looked. He just thought. He just looked like fuck me. Yeah, what I mean, we're doing? Well, originally I was like, you know, if it's something like a make a wish thing, fine, okay, you can solve on that. If it's just a fucking referee's kid, what the hell is this bullshit? Yes, you know, no disrespect to Nicholas. Nicholas, well done to you, mate. You're living out every 10-year-old's dream. You're a tag team champion, for God's sake. Live it up, buddy. You know, nothing else like this is ever going to happen. Fair play to you, but booking-wise, this is fucking bollocks. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm not talking about it anymore because I am yeah. still angry about this. I'm angrier <laughs> at this than I am about Jinder Mahal being the United States champion. Um, so then we got to the main event. And oh, oh, the New Orleans fans did not like this, did they? Wade Keller of Pro Wrestling Torch described the Le- the Reigns-Lesnar main event as a disaster. Um, and... I don't think it was... I don't think it was that bad. Oh, wait, was... there's more. Um, there's a person who wrote for Cleveland.com that said <laughs> that, in my mind, Lesnar Reigns is one of the four worst WrestleMania main events ever, based on wow. build, execution, and immediate aftermath. Um, and it was considered the worst due to the utter disdain it produced. Um, many people have said that apparently, and again, these are all quotes... Um, there has never been a more disinterested crowd for a WrestleMania main event. I think, I think that's partly due to the fact they've been there for seven hours, though. Seven oh, hours well, is a long time to expect. They've probably to sit been there through. for nine because it would have been an hour or two beforehand. Yeah, it's a long time to sit through. So basically, the main event, Universal Championship match. Um, it's the match we knew we were going to get. We've always been getting since before WrestleMania thirty-three, even. Um, Brock Lesnar, the Universal Champion, with Paul Heyman, uh, taking on Roman Reigns. Now, as a match, it was okay. It was nothing special. It was a typical sort of okay. Brock Lesnar pay-per-view match? It was. Brock Lesnar... If you watch Brock Lesnar in 2002-2003, he is a badass. His wrestling style is brilliant. Even when he comes back in 2012, and he takes on John Cena in that hellacious um, Extreme Rules match. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the Lesnar we want to see. This, this is checked out Lesnar. Right, Lesnar, cool. suplexes, that is it. And I'm sorry, he's got three moves. Oh, yeah. It's um, when, that's, what, that's what really, really pisses me off when you've got people who like shit on Reigns for his five moves of doom. Yeah. Every wrestler has. and he's, he's, I think he's infinitely more in the ring infinitely better than Brock Lesnar now. Yeah, Brock Lesnar is checked out. You can see in his eyes he's not bothered. No. It's a paycheck to him. I mean, he has this smirk on his face all the time. Well, yeah. It just pisses me off. So basically, what happens in this match is Roman Reigns gets fucking brutalised. Just ragdolled. Yeah. (laughs) It was a horribly uncomfortable match to watch. Um, From what we have been billed to believe over the last couple of months, is that Vince has been building the F5 as this terrifying move that no one can kick out of. Samoa Joe has been buried by one F5. Uh, Braun Strowman has been buried by one F5. Roman Reigns, in this match, kicked out of fucking six. (laughs) Six F5s, one of them onto a pissing table. And you're telling me that you want people to get behind Roman Reigns. Nothing against the man because I happen to like him. To be fair, and I don't know if... I'm guessing it was deliberate because Brock Lesnar's an arsehole, but when he busts him open, that's legit. That's fucking shoot punches, that. Oh, yeah. He smashes his head. It was so reminiscent of when he did it to Randy Orton. Uh And you you see straight away, Reigns is feeling for it, and... It just starts pissing blood. Oh my god! When it's all over his arm, it's like shit. A brick. He's gonna need stitches. And you, 
And you're thinking, if anybody else had done that, they would have been hauled over the coals by Vince. But because it's Brock Lesnar, it's like, yeah, it's Brock. And it's just like what Reigns says in his like half-shoot promos. He'll get away with it. He gets away with everything. But He's got a special deal. Obviously, we're talking about this now. We're not going to list any spots because there wasn't any. Um, nah. It was literally, there was, t- there was I think there was seven German suplexes, six F5s. Reigns managed to hit spears. two spears and a couple of Superman punches. That is it. There is no other moves in this match. And I think that's why so many people are just saying it was a shit main event. Yeah. And as a main event, yeah, it probably was. If this well, was if were... this was where AJ and Nakamura had been, fair enough. But yeah. it was such an anticlimactic end. And then the fact that Brock won. Yeah, that was... It made... Me. I mean, everyone... Just, I think it was the fact that everyone had just sort of resigned themselves to the fact that Reigns was taking the championship here. But I think that's the only reason they put Brock in, because they wanted to swerve. I know, but it just it the, ruined WrestleMania. Yeah, it really just, did because there was no, I mean, there was no like moment like at the end of thirty three, you got the Undertaker's retirement, you got that image of Roman Reigns with the firework going off. There was a WrestleMania moment there. This you got Brock Lesnar walking off with Paul Heyman, and that was the last moment. And it was um, the fact that he won, and the people really, really sort of didn't like it. Um, to be fair, they, were, they couldn't win because if Roman had won, they wouldn't have liked it. Yeah, but I think it was more sort of what it, it wasn't booze in a sense of like it wasn't booze in a sense of that was terrible. It was it just felt like more oh, like sort of again, sort of you've got to go through that shit again. Like, I know a part part time wrestler defending it part time. I tell you what though. It makes Raw tonight, like... Quite it, compelling. Right? Yeah, very, very compelling. <clears throat> because obviously I you've got... Re- I, I hope Reigns comes out and cuts a really, really badass promo. But I was sure that they'd said something about there being no blood allowed at WrestleMania this year. Yeah, they did. So well, why has that, Brock done that? Was that not, um, like, the the state... It was like a yeah. condition of from the state, because there were certain moves that were banned as well. Yeah, the power bomb that lasted, didn't it? Who's <laughs> it? Two Kevin Owens, but yeah. I, I, yeah, it's it was a very very strange match. Yes, it makes compelling viewing tonight. You know what is Reigns going to do? Are we? What the hell is happening with Lesnar? Um, I just I feel just, that it, as an as a ending and this was the issue we had with SummerSlam 2016 when Lesnar brutalised Orton and pretty much yeah. caved his head in yeah. you know we what? there was no it just ended Wrestlemania with everyone going what the fuck is he alright and, and I'm, I'm sure it's you, done yeah. to get Reigns over I'm I'm so sure that that's why they've done it but I've well, heard that they that. changed it halfway through that Reigns was supposed to go over really? I've heard that, yeah. The Reigns were supposed to go over and they both, in the ring, they've changed it part way through. Because the only reason I can think is because obviously, because the whole, the whole reason everybody thought Reigns was winning was A, he's Vince's sort of pet project. Yeah. And B, Lesnar's leaving soon. So, or apparently leaving. So, so everybody was just thought, well, they're not going to keep it on him. So I think they've done it to to Swerve the fans because everyone thought it was Reigns. Yeah. And the fact to say Lesnar's not going anywhere. 
I wonder if and it's just to get Reigns over when he be. does eventually take it off Lesnar. Well, they did that thing at the end where they did the... They just showed him sort of going up the steps looking all solemn. Yeah. So I wonder if that's sort of try and get a bit of sympathy from him. Just... Oh, it, was a, it was a very <clears> peculiar <throat> end and a very, very anticlimactic end to WrestleMania. This, this whole seven-hour thing totally and utterly... Like confirms my belief that they, they need to revamp WrestleMania completely. They need to do it either do it over two nights or cut the thingy down and, and stop just trying to sort of crowbar as many people into it as they can. They need to change it. It's just too much. It is a lot. It's... It is a lot. And when you look at, you know, this had 14 matches, including mm. three of the um, the pre-show matches. If we have a look at Wrestle Kingdom 12, um, let's see how many matches there were in that Kingdom 12. Okay. Wrestle Kingdom 12 had 10 matches, including the New Japan Rumble. Now, I am not saying that we should compare them because they are two completely different promotions. But when this was, what, four hours? Just under four, uh, sorry, just over four, five hours maybe. Yeah. You know, and you've got ten matches, and all of them yeah. were double digits. All of them. It just it felt like such a slog towards the end, it, and I think that I honestly think that takes away from those last few matches. I think it does. It's been, it's been the same the last couple of years where I'm think like I get to those last couple of matches and I'm thinking I'm forcing myself to finish this now. Yeah. And I'm sure it's different in America where you're not stopping up till five o'clock in the morning to watch yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. We are shitting on those last three matches, especially the yeah. last two. Not so much AJ Nakamura. It was just disappointing, that one. The other two were just bizarre. Just but up shit. until AJ Nakamura, this was a good show. It was, it was a very, very good, good show. And to be honest, I'm going to give it a B. You know, I'm going to give it three and a half out of five. Because, and that's just me, I'll ask you to pick up. Just because those last two matches, you know, you can possibly put AJ and Nakamura in there. Just, it was bizarre. It really, yeah. really was. What would you give it? I think before the AJ, well, including, I still enjoyed it. I still liked seeing them in the turn. The, the swerve at the end. Exactly, really, that's so. why I'm loath to include but, it. So, I would give it, yeah, I would give it a B plus up to that point. Yeah. Or like a, like you say, like a three and a half, four maybe. But those last two matches just sucked the soul. And it just, and especially with the being, I mean, that's, the main event's always a match that you're going to grade everything else against. Because that's the match that's supposed to represent the whole thing. It's like, if you watch boxing, if the if the main of the main fight is a pile of dog shit, nobody ever writes home about the sort of undercard, mm. and it just it just puts such a fucking damper on it. Yeah, it does. Um, I agree. I would I would have bumped it down to a, a three. Mm. It certainly sours in. It's a shame because WWE had worked hard to put together this card, which everyone was so excited for, and it just feels yeah. like. That main event, which nobody wanted anyway, really did sap the life out of the show. 
And the fact that Braun Strowman picked a fucking kid out of the crowd, just, it really did. It really did ruin it, which was a shame. But, ladies and gentlemen, that brings to an end our WrestleMania weekend. Um, You know, we've seen some absolutely amazing highs in all of NXT TakeOver New Orleans. And, you know, the matches, the Intercontinental title match, um, the Charlotte Asker match, Ronda Rousey's debut... You know, there was some real highlights in this in this show. You know, The Undertaker's return, which was so much better than we could have imagined. And it is hard to focus on those positives sometimes, but it's better to focus on that than the fact that, you know, we just had to endure 50 minutes of Brock Lesnar doing suplexes. But nevertheless, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. We'll be back on Thursday with our review of WrestleMania 10. Will that be any better? Who knows? We'll let you know. Um, you know, in the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at, at @realrobgoodwin. Where can they find you, Garth? At Robert Jackson. Brilliant. Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, that you can subscribe to the podcast, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbean, Audio Boom, Anchor. Pippa, all the usual uh, podcasting places. You know, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, all the places you can find us and talk to us. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Yeah, catch you later, guys.
Yes.